Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hi, I'm Ma- Melting Ma- Mandy. <laughs> melting Mandy. It's hot as and, Hades in here. And this is Round, Round Ambition. Ambition. Let's no. do a quick recap of last week's show. Oh, last week's show was major. Huge. Yes, One of our Huge. biggest shows of the Huge. year. Huge. <laughs> Y'all liked it. Um, we had the, uh, the unbelievable couple Leo and Faith from Hotlanta on the show to talk about paying off like over a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. I was really happy that people connected with the show as much as I wanted them to, because it's not just like the fact that they paid off debt. It's just, they're such a sweet couple with such good intentions. And I just loved how they took their debt straight on and um, got a lot of love for that episode on, on social media and and everything. So thank you guys and go check it out if you haven't listened to it yet. Yeah, they they were just they were super cute. I was like, oh my goodness, you know, a year in, I feel like you know it's so crazy how so many people you know stuff is aligned. You're like, oh, we're all like one year in. I mean, you have a year and some change, Mandy. You know, you 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 ain't new at this, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got us beat by a few months, but yeah, it was a really great episode, and it's nice to hear regular everyday people who have imperfect financial lives, but somehow they're figuring it out. So that's always nice. Right. And they did my favorite thing, you know, because so often people will cut expenses and trim, trim, trim to try and pay down debt. But they were like, no, we really need to actually bring an extra income and make sacrifices Mm -hmm. to make that happen. So that they were both working two jobs and Faith worked overnight, like five or six days a week, she said. Girl, she sounded so tired. I'm glad she's Mm -hmm. taking a break this summer. I know, because my mom is a nurse. And I remember those days when like we were going to go off to college or whatever. And my mom did like double shifts and all that stuff. So I remember when she was saying that, I said, oh my God, my mother used to be like, the things I do for you kids. <laughs> so yeah, it's hard being a nurse, you know, because it's just, you're on your feet all day long, but nurses have a, a an extreme potential to make a lot of money because my mother could make really good money if she made, if she did those, you know, those extra shifts. Mm. Well, good for and she's young too. It's like do it now before. I think they're fortunate in that they have the age on their side. They're young mm-hmm. and they don't have any kids yet. Like a lot of the questions we get from listeners often, you know, rightfully so. They have they're struggling. They can't necessarily take on an extra job because they have kids or other obligations. So, I think you have to recognize when you're young that you this is this is the time to be struggling. Like yes. right because I think when you're in your twenties, like you think okay, I should be living my life and spending all my money, but 
It's like do the work now so that you can enjoy things or things won't be so hard when you have a million other like obligate. That's what I think about every day. Cause I, and when I was, you know, coming up, my mom would always say that she was like, Oh, you better get that degree now before the kids. You be-. And I didn't understand what she meant. Whenever I said I wanted to try something or do something, she'd be like, do that now before kids come. And I'm like, but now I understand because it's, you're right. It, it just makes it 10 times harder when you have children, because there's certain things you can't do. You know, you can't live just anywhere. You can't eat just anything, you know? So, so yes, thank you. Faith and Leo. We had an awesome time. If you have not listened to that episode, um, what you waiting on? Get your inspiration on. Um, I think it's time to hit the social streets. What do you think? I was just about to say it was Father's Day this weekend. So yeah. for those of you, I always feel a little self-conscious about post. I know we post something on Mother's Day and then we post something on Father's Day. And I just wanted to give a shout out to anyone who, whose father isn't with them or wasn't a part of their lives. I always think of Father's Day as like, here's a day to celebrate any man in your life mm-hmm. that you know, has supported you or, or done good things for you. So thank you to everyone who who commented on our Instagram and Facebook post. I just asked the same question we asked on Mother's Day, you know, is there a lesson you want to share that your dad's taught you and that you carry with you today? Um, what did you say, Tiff? Well, yes. And but honestly, I just, my dad really just taught me that hard work can overcome almost any obstacle. Like he would always say, because my dad grew up in rural Nigeria, and he would always say, you know, I wasn't the smartest. My dad's a little on the short side, like five, six. I wasn't the tallest. <laughs> you know, he was like, but one thing I was, was the hardest working. And he was like, that's why, you know, I was able to move and, and, and create a life for myself, for myself, you know, your mom and, and, and you kids. And so he just taught me that, you know, and I carry that with me that like, I'm not the smartest, I'm not the anything is, you know, but I do know that if I can put in the work, you know, I can accomplish the things that I desire. So that was like my major lesson that my dad taught me. What about you, Mandra? Mine was super close to one of our Facebook followers. I'm going to try and get her name right. Maybe you can help me. It might be Nigerian. I'm not sure. It's okay. Izunwa, Izunwa Nakenyi. Uh, it's, well, it's definitely African. Okay. So, it's something. <laughs> I, I hope I did you justice. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, I wanted to share her comments. Very similar to what, I, what, what, I was, what mine was like. She said, if I had listened to my dad from the beginning, I'd be way ahead of my financial life. He always told us to choose our needs over our wants and not be deceived by all the sales and TV ads because there will always be sales. Mm. I did not listen on time. That's okay, Zunwa. We, we're all tricked by the magic of marketing. You know, I can tell that the person I bought my home from, she was a little home shopping, shopping network fiend because I am, I'm getting these weird catalogs for like pressure cookers and like oh. all this made for TV stuff. I was like, ooh, Rosemary. Ooh, <laughs> Rosemary was out here in these streets. Well, let, let me be right. Her, it's, um, thank you guys for, first of all, we're just like really happy that you guys have been hitting us up on social. And so we just like to like shout you out. So this is on Insta. Um, just so you know, our IG name is Brown Ambition Podcast. And what's our name on Facebook? Just Brown Ambition. Brown right? Ambition. And on Twitter? At the BA Podcast. So you can tweet us, you can IG us, or you can FB us. You see all that? And um, we'll read something every week. So this is from L Dubs. Let me see, L, what is your real name? Leslie. Okay, Leslie. Hey, girl. So, but it's L underscore Dubs with a Z. She said her father. He taught me by word and deed that as long as you're still breathing, there's still time to get it right. Life will knock you down. Sometimes you'll even 
um, be the one tripping yourself up, but always get back up and never stop trying to get it right because the time is going to pass anyway. Oh, that was awesome, Elle. I the like time that. Is gonna, right? The time is going to pass anyway. It's time for Buzzworthy. Oh. <sighs> With this Buzzworthy, I'm like, do we talk about the bad things or do you try to find something good that's happening in the world? Um, okay, what do you have, good news or bad news? Uh, I mean, these poor kids. And I, I mean, honestly, I was crying about it today. I'm not going to lie. I was like reading stories about, you know, just separation at the border. And I was just like looking at this little boy who couldn't have been more than three. Three. Ugh, I just... I could like, honestly, it's, it's like literally too much for my heart to take a three-year-old. You know, I used to teach preschool and kids would be hysterical first day, second day, first week when their parent would leave them. And because, you know, they're like, who's this person who, you know, and, and, but at least, you know, parents knew like, I'm going to be back. You know, I would tell parents like the first week, just do half a day because it's very, tra- it's traumatizing for kids. Or I would tell parents, stay with them for a little bit because kids don't know that you're coming back. But to leave your child and you don't know that you're coming back. You don't know that you'll ever see them again. Like that's, I'm like, am I crazy? Doesn't this seem so crazy that you would literally take a child from a parent? How are they going to find them again? Like there are some camps where kids are not even allowed to hug. Like these siblings were reunited. A man was, um, was being interviewed on, I think it was like CNN today. And he said he just quit because he, uh, uh, um, siblings were reunited and the older one who was like 10 was trying to comfort the younger ones and they were hugging and they told him there's no hugging allowed here. And I just can't, I just can't even. And then the, the comments from some of the people in the comment section, like, Oh, Oh, well, so, you know, like just so heartless to children, to a three-year-old, a three-year-old, I, I, you know, I typically don't really believe in like evil, evil, but I really wonder like what is really happening that you could see a crying three-year-old and have lit- no compassion. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. I I don't even, I think that reaction is like what, how everyone's feeling right now. Anybody with a heart and a soul has to be feeling that way. I mean, you even have like Republicans who are like, yo, man, this is too far. What's happening, what kills me is that it's being politicized. Like, you know, the the current administration is sort of you lying, actually lying. There's several articles where they've actually fact-checked what they're saying, and they're lying when they say that these were because of policies that the Democrats put in place or that this could all be fixed if Democrats, you know, would do X, Y, Z um, in Congress right now. It's it's not true, and it's like being it's being used as a as leverage for the current administration and. And but all you have to do to realize how sick it is is just look at the images of these little kids um, mm-hmm. being. I mean, it's so unnatural to think of any little child being ripped away from their family, um, and it's happening. It's it's happening right now. I think the only bright spot is that it seems like something this weekend lit a fire under the like the butts of everybody in this country, mm-hmm. and everyone's talking about it. The pictures are getting out there. Gail King is down there right now, like killing it. And she's in McAllen, Texas. I was watching her just suffering in that humidity this, this morning, <laughs> covering this story. And um, it's, it's nice to see at least that people are refusing to let this, let this fly. I mean, did you see Sarah Huckabee Sanders, like that incident in the White House press briefing room where that reporter, I think he was from yes. CNN. Yes. Um, it's so hard as a reporter, right, to like to separate yourself. You're supposed yep. to be objective, right? But if you're a parent of a child, I understand why you can get that emotional. 
Um, he was. She was like, oh, you're just trying to get camera time. But you could tell that he was just like, yo, as a parent, I mean, forget all the politics and adults and stuff. Like, if someone took your five-year-old, took your five-year-old, what would, like, I, you know, I just can't even, I can't imagine someone taking my nephew and being like, yeah, I don't, so I don't know when you, if you're ever going to see him. Oh, well, you, just, you I, I can't even, it's, it's literally heartbreaking. I feel like it's just, yeah, I don't even know what to say because kids are like, what, what is a three-year-old supposed to think? What is it even a 10-year-old supposed to think? Like, what am I, like, they were like, kids were begging for their parents and crying out and saying, well, can you, this one little girl was like uh, asking the man, you know, can you call my aunt? She can come get me. And he was like, nope. And just like, just, and then you heard about the man that sexually assaulted one of the four-year-olds that was there and, and tried to bribe his mom not to say anything. I mean, what is happening? Like, I mean, we had containment camps for, um, for Japanese Americans, you know, when we were fighting in World War Two, was that World Two or World War Three? No, World War um, One. I think it's World War Two. And like, it's just honestly, it's shameful. I think the the natural reaction is like, well, what can we do about this? Um, I think one one good thing to do, and it's something that I learned a while back, is when you hear about these like human rights cases. Um, uh, the ACLU, the American Civil Liberties uh, Union, that's the organization that I support monthly with donations. And they are going to be on the ground fighting for these people. They were the same organization, like among others that were out there um, when there was the um, the ban on Muslim flyers or sorry, people from Muslim countries back when, uh, when Trump was first elected, remember that? Like the ACLU was out there, like try and find um, human rights organizations or legal advocacy groups that mm-hmm. can help these families. Because honestly, um, if, if you're also just curious about, I mean, immigration in the U.S., like what's happening at the border is so complex. And it, it's true. It's not just anything that's been caused by the current administration. It's the result of like decades of people just not getting it right or trying to get it right and things not working out in terms of immigration. Um, but the the New York Times podcast, The Daily, had a really good like 25-minute episode this morning that just talked to one of the reporters about um, the history of what's happening right now and how complex the rules are around what happens to immigrants when they come, undocumented um, immigrants when they come to the border and what they have to say in order to seek asylum and how what used to be the norm is no longer been the norm right now and people are confused about it and it's just a whole hot steaming pile of mess. Yeah. Um, and I, I hope that I hope that the heat and all the attention is going to change things. Um, I guess only time will tell. In the meantime, that's how I'm choosing to react, to respond to it, is I'm just going to donate to the ACLU and tweet my heart out trying to yeah. share these stories. Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
Well, it's time to booster breaker, booster breaker, booster break. What you gonna do? I'm gonna boost today. I'm Me gonna try too. and lift us up. Lift yeah. us up. <laughs> lift every voice. That too. <laughs> I went with Josh Groban. You yeah. went <laughs> direction. Yes. That's why we're a good team. Yeah. Um, I saw a really cool story about this. I was surprised to see it in the in the New York Times, but there is. Um, I know we've been talking about these these groups where you can, if you want to support uh, minority owned businesses, there were like these. There's usually like some old kind of um, like registries where people will track businesses owned by minorities. But the New York Times did a really dope feature on this couple from Brooklyn who have a website called BlackOwnedBrooklyn.com, which doesn't just like it's not just a list of own like businesses owned by by black business owners but it's like an instagram page where they actually do like little mini features on the owners themselves and what their business is and it's really dope i think it's especially for a place like brooklyn where it may be surprising to know that oh hey this there is a black woman who owns a yarn shop or an old lady who owns a hardware store or whatever so i thought that was really cool let me get their. Let me make sure I get their names right. We should have them on the show. Be cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yep. Oh, Cynthia Gordy Giwa and Glenn Allen started this together. So good for y'all. That's awesome. I love. I love hearing stuff like that. Black owned Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Well. My boost actually is going to be a former guest that we had on the show. I just saw her, so I went to go get lashes done because my makeup artist told me. Um, if I have like two major things coming up back to back, it would just be easier to have lashes done. So, and I do. So, is this um, the ninety nine dollar lash? Uh, no, because I I still had lashes from last time. A fill in is forty dollars, and I said, oh, that's nice to know. Um, and so, um, I when I walked in, I recognized a familiar face, Lynette Calfani Cox. She was getting her hair done. I can only imagine the squeals. Yes, and I was like, oh my gosh, Lynette is so uh, honestly. She is just like goals personified, you know? So we were What's just talking. To? Um, and so um, I, actually today is her son's graduation. He's graduating from, I don't know if he's graduating, I think high school. And then her daughter, who she insisted that I meet, and she's so adorable. Of course, like just so well-mannered, just amazing. And her daughter has one more year left. She's graduating a semester early from college because why not? You're Lynette's daughter. <laughs> and, oh, then her, <laughs> and then her mom was there. It was just honestly... She's just, Lynette is just awesome. And she just left me with like, Lynette always um, leaves me with something to think about of how I could be better. Like it, it, she wasn't trying to teach a lesson, but it had me really thinking. So we were just talking about like, um, um, you know, like what I've been up to and whatever. And Lynette always, always, always asks how she can help me. Like the first time I've ever been on TV, which is like Pix 11 News in New York, it was her. I met her at a conference for Black Enterprise. I squealed when I met her and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I love you. You, you know, like you're such like, you know, a role model. And she lives um, 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 not far from where my parents live, like a neighboring town. Um, and she was like, uh, I, I told her, she's like, are you going back to, you know, New Jersey? Because the, the conference was in um, in uh, New York. And I said, yeah. She said, well, I drove. Do you want to ride? This woman who I didn't know, who I was idolizing. And I was like, oh my God, Yes. So there was a lot of traffic and she just ended up pouring so much into me, just like asking me what I was working on and just giving me tips. She became my mentor that day. And then she asked me in the car, have you, have you ever been on TV? And I was like, no. 
She's like, do you want to be? I was like, uh, yeah, but I don't, you know, like, yeah. She made a phone call. She was supposed to be on PIX11 News to do like five tips on whatever. And she said, um, instead of me, I'm going to send a replacement, basically. Oh, I, I mean, didn't know that. That's so yes. sweet. And so, and then from there, like, it just was like on and popping, you know, Drina, of course, helped me get ready. And, but Lynette too, did so much coaching with me. She honestly is just amazing. But the, the thing that the reason why I'm giving her the boost today is because she said something that, that kind of like maybe reflect and say, you know what? Okay. I, I, I hear you. And she said, um, she was asking me about, um, some partnership that I had and asking me how it was going. And I said, well, and she was telling me, you know, you, you should be pushing them to pay you more than what they pay me. And I was like, what? And she was like, Tiffany, the purpose of the people who come before you is to lay the foundation so you can have more and better. And your purpose is to lay the foundation and to help the ones coming behind you so they can do better than you. And I just I just remember thinking that was so profound that she was like, Cause you know, people don't do that in business. Like, Oh girl, make them pay you more because you got this. Th- I don't have that, the audience that you have, make them pay you more. And I was just, I was just blown away by that. And I thought to myself, Lynette is goals in so many ways. Like, you know, she's beautiful. She's got amazing family. She's kind, you know, she's smart. She's, but then just that component of her always giving Lynette, the fact that she gave me her, her spot on TV, but that comes from someone who is so, um, I guess so well situated and knowing what they bring to the table that they know that they're not giving away anything. They're making space for you because no one can take anything from Lynette. She's amazing. And I want to get to that space where like, not to say I don't give cause I do, but I would have never thought about it like that. That like, you know, that push people who are coming up, you know, behind me to make more than me, you know, that's not a natural inclination for me. Um, and so, yeah, I just want to give her a boost because you don't meet too many people like that. And she's amazing. And, you know, in this dark and dreary world, there is sunshine like Lynette Calfani Cox. Um, um, she's AKA the money coach and she's amazing. Love her. Y'all should go back. I just went and checked to see which episode it was. Go back all the way back to January 3rd, 2018, episode 109 to hear, I think this is one of our biggest episodes of the year, actually, when Lynette was on and talked about how to rock your salary negotiation in 2018. So now that we've done our boost, which I'm glad that we did boost instead of break because we need a little boost. It's time to boost you, boo. Do you have a question, you know, finance related, finance adjacent, um, maybe a career related, career adjacent? Um, we'd love to hear from you. You can always go to our website, brownambition.com. Wait, brownambitionpodcast.com? Yes, ma'am. Brownambitionpodcast.com. I said it with confidence that time. <laughs> <laughs> and click Ask Us Anything, or you can email us at the BA podcast at gmail.com. Nope. Ah, Crash and burn. <laughs> Set you up for failure. You did. I was hoping you were going to fill it in. And Mandy was like, hmm. <laughs> well, usually I do the intro for the questions, but it's cool. You wanted oh, to take bad, the reins today. Bad. So see what happens when you try and drive. <laughs> I know. That's what happens when I get lashes. <laughs> so, oh, God. 
I can hear them from here, just like. <laughs> um, you can hit us up at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com with your questions, which I am going to read a couple now. Thank you guys for sending in some awesome questions. Here's a good one that we have. I don't think we've talked much about personal loans before, but here's a good one from someone who wishes to remain anonymous. She says, what are your thoughts on personal loan companies like Upstart? Would it be smart to do a personal loan to build credit or to do a credit builder loan like from a company like Selflender? Thank you. Mm-hmm. So it seems like she's thinking about – so one of the most reason common re- reasons people take out a personal loan is to consolidate debt where you basically take out a personal loan from like a bank, a credit union, online lender, and you use that loan to pay off, you know, two or more different types of debt. And then you left with one new loan. And the good thing about personal loans is that they come with a fixed interest rate versus a credit card when your interest rate can change all the time. Um, So you have a fixed rate. And because your rate is fixed, they can tell you exactly how much your monthly payments are going to be for the term of your loan. So you have a three-year or five-year personal loan, they'll tell you, here's your monthly payments, you know, for the entire time, and you know exactly when you're going to pay it off. But self-lender, have we talked about self-lender before? We did. It's like a credit builder option. So this is a little bit different, so maybe she's just looking to, do you want to talk about how it's different than a regular lender? Yes. And I, I, self-lender might actually lend you money too, but what the self-lender that like the part that I'm familiar with is with self-lender, literally the purpose of self-lender is to just, um, show credit bureaus, Hey, I pay back, a, um, an installment loan. So self-lender says, Hey, I always tell people, if you're going to do self-lender, take the lowest amount, which I think is like 500 bucks. Um, Hey, you know, I'm telling the credit bureaus, I'm borrowing 500 bucks. Hey, look at me. You borrow the 500, but the self lender doesn't actually give you the 500. They put it in like a money um, market account for you, like a savings account for you. And then you pay every month. So I think it's like, I don't know, 17 bucks or whatever, uh, 500 divided by um, uh, 12 months is. So you pay that every month. Um, and then at the end, it looks like one, you made 12 consistent months worth of payment. And then it looks like you also paid off an installment loan. And so you get your boost and then they give you a $500 because, you know, you're literally paying in and then you get it back. So it's like a, it's a credit builder loan, but also like a little mini savings. And like, you know, you get like whatever little bit of interest, like 10 cents, you know, the same interest you get from a regular bank. And I think the fee is it's fairly low. I, I I'd have to look again, but last time I checked, I said the fee was nine dollars. It it's nine dollars. Okay, so it's not you know it's not a crazy a fee. And honestly, I've got really good feedback. So I've shared it with Dreamcatchers before because I did a little research on them for a few months to see you know like you know whether it was something that I could share. And honestly, it's it's been two years or a year and a half at least that I've known Dreamcatchers been using Self Lender, and I would say the reviews are ninety five percent really good. Um, maybe like 1% where it's like, eh, I didn't like it. My score dropped. And I'm like, well, did you pay ma'am? Because you know, people be telling you the score dropped. They didn't tell you they pay. And then maybe like a uh, 4%, my score didn't really move that much. Um, so I've, I've heard like, you know, nothing but kind of like good feedback. Um, so yeah, so it depends what you're trying to do. If you're trying to pay off debt, then I don't think self lender um, necessarily will let you do that. If you're just trying to raise your credit score, then, you know, self lender is something you could definitely look into. Yeah, very interesting. So it's not like anything like a traditional personal loan um, where you can just take it out and get the money, you know, in a day or two. Um, Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you for the question, Anonymous. Mm -hmm. Whoever you are. 
<laughs> whoever you are. Next question comes from listener Ty. She says, I have been reading Ben Bernanke's prediction for a 2020 financial crisis. Dun, dun, dun. And now I'm shook. Bernanke, and he's not the only one, side note, this is me, Mandy, talking. He's not the only one who's predicting a 2020 financial crisis. Like, if you've noticed, Uh. there's been all these headlines, you know, people are saying the big one's coming in 2020. Um, Anyway, back to Ty. She says, he mentioned how with the unemployment being so low, Trump's stimulus, stimulus package could cause an economic downturn, blah, blah, blah. I currently live in expensive New York City with my husband, and we have been discussing a move to the South, maybe Georgia, North Carolina, Virginia in the next year or so. But now I'm concerned. Do you two have any advice for preparing for a potential downturn and perhaps holding off on a move? I want to make sure any move that we make will be beneficial and not leave us in a financial bind. Mm. Well, here's what I I mean. You don't want to live your life um, um, in like a bunker. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think I think you should prepare just in general. Like, to me, in, in knowing what I know now, like if I uh, pre-recession Tiffany, anything what I would have probably told her is I would have um, I was actually pretty good at saving. I would have said, you know, continue to save. You save a good amount of money. Um, I would have um, said pay down debt because there's nothing worse than when you're in financial crisis to also have to pay debt on top of bills. Um, I would also, too, not necessarily that I would um, have a. Uh, cut back on expenses, but I would always have, and I have that now, I always have like a how we're living now budget and a how we could live if if things got tight budget, you know? So kind of like, so like right now, you know, things are not tight. So my husband and I were like, oh, okay, you know, Whole Foods it is. And then I have a, ooh, if things get tight, uh, hey, shop, Brian, what you doing, girl? (laughs) You know, so so I know those numbers. So those are kind of like the things. So I don't believe that you should be living for this fearful like factor, but, you know, keeping in mind that at any time anything can happen. So that's what I would say. Save, pay down debt. And I like to, I like to have two versions of my budget just so I'm aware of like, if I had to, what would we, what would I, I like to know what my financial baseline, what would I absolutely have to make in order to make my life happen? Yeah, I agree. I think planning from a place of fear is good in small doses. Like I struggle with this too, how to being a little bit too pessimistic about, you know, my future when it comes to my finances. And that makes me want to like hold on to cash and not take any risks, which is bad because like long term, it's better to try, you know, put your money in the market um, because you have a lot of years ahead of you and all that. So you can afford to take some risk. I think it's... I, I, we all kind of lived through the last recession. I think we've all experienced, had our own, everyone's got a recession story. Everyone got kicked on their butt in some way, shape or form. Um, so I get why I am right there with you. Like I also just bought a house and I want to know, oh shit, did I buy at the top of the market? And we're about to hit another housing crisis. What's happening? But I um, fortunately sit next to a mortgage economist. So anytime I am afraid of the market or what's happening, I just kind of go to my buddy Tendai. um, And I'm like, so please assuage my fears. Um, The likelihood that we're going to have a recession like the last one um, is pretty slim because that one was driven by in a lot of ways, um, just a lot of bad acting in the in the mortgage industry, which due due to regulations that have been put in place, like aren't, you know, as possible anymore now the current administration could change that. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Um, But I wouldn't plan your life around it. And I feel like 
it's smart to think about moving because moving is expensive. Um, but you're talking about moving from a really expensive place to a not so expensive place. Mm-hmm. So think about how that would reduce your risk. You know, if there were something, if, a, you know, a, let's say another downturn happens, at least you'd be in Georgia where, I, you know, <laughs> I can attest it's very nice in Georgia, um, nice and affordable um, versus being in a city like New York where it's really tough um, to live here when things get bad. And yes. Like in because, terms of, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, because you're right. New York, it's like, what, like no matter what happens, New York, is, New York is expensive. That's just, it just is. Yeah. And you, and your savings will go a lot further in a place like Georgia. So while you're making this New York city money, if you start putting away your savings, just think how much more is this money going to be worth? And I'm just saying Georgia, but she mentions like in the South, just think how much more your money, your savings right now will be worth once your cost of living is decreased by moving down south. And I would take advantage of, especially if you think you'll have to take a price cut by moving to the south, which could be the case, um, uh, just because the cost of living is so much longer than typically salaries and wages are too. Um, if you think you're going to take a price cut, then start saving aggressively now so yes. that you'll have money in the bank when you go down there and you know you'll have a nice little cushion because um, there's no better protection against the un- the you know the unforeseeable than a nice, healthy emergency fund and you know, if you make sure you have jobs set up when you're down there and you don't buy a McMansion just because yeah. your $200,000 here is worth a million in Georgia, um, as long as you make those, <laughs> as long as you don't make, you know, those types of mistakes, then I think that, I think that you, you guys will be fine. Be, you know, that being said, without knowing anything else about your financial situation. Yeah. You know, I just, I, it's one of the reasons, honestly, like people ask like, why do you live so simply, Tiffany? I was like, well, one, oh, I've been there where I'm like, yikes. Well, you know, you, have you ever done this, Mandy? I don't know if you've ever, um, you know, had and then like lost it. And you start thinking about every little purchase you made when you used to have it. Like, oh, I should have never bought them shoes. Dang, that McDonald's burger. I didn't even need all that. Because <laughs> you're thinking about adding up all those little coins that you can use right now when you don't have anything. Mm-hmm. But I just told myself that I didn't want um, that to happen again, that I was going to live well below my means. So that way, you know, if should, should something happen that I have, I have the space to recover. Like I have enough for a year to be like, okay, Tiffany, everything has fallen apart, but we have a year to figure it out, you know? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So hang in there, Ty, and don't stress. I love that you're paying attention, but don't let the headlines. And honestly, you know what? Sometimes these people write these books and they come out with these headlines because they want to get clicks. They want to get readership. And of course, being dramatic, as we know, is rewarded in our country. So take it with a grain of salt. No one can predict the future 100%. Um, You got to do you, boo. Yeah. week stay brown stay ambitious Ooh, i'm gonna end like that every time okay <laughs> until i forget you get all the good cash lines all right bye. no well you can, you can end with that you can end with that okay we'll do it again no i'm a team player it's fine i'm kidding <laughs> and you know i'm gonna forget first of all because i only remember the stories that i tell 20 times That's i don't ever remember <laughs> what i was thinking but i didn't say it <laughs> sure you will you will that's a good catchphrase it's gonna be like I, I'm telling you I already know I'm gonna be like what did I say last week, Mandy? I'm like, well, meanwhile, tell me to tell your story from 1975, and I'm like, got you. <laughs> All right, take All right. them lovely lashes on. 
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market. Rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.